I wanted to start off by saying that tonight and tomorrow is the yard set of my grandmother. Now, this is not the grandmother that, uh, that some of you knew, um, who was my mother's mother, but this is my father's mother. Um, her name is uh, Rusbas Chaim Schneer Zalman Halevi. And uh, what's interesting is that I printed out I printed out um, a, something, something that's like a brief summary of the Parsha and happens to be from uh, the website of Chabad.org and my, grand, my late grandmother was from a Lubavitch family so it was kind of interesting how that worked out but um, so what I'm going to do is just give a brief overview brief summary of the Parsha and then I have different different Torah that I prepared um, at the beginning of the Parsha Moshe, Moshe says to B'nai Yisrael on the, speaking on behalf of Hashem that I, I place before you a blessing and a curse the blessing will come if you fulfill the, Hashem's commandments and the curse will occur if you, don't, if you do not and there was two mountains that these, these uh, were pro- proclaimed from Har Gerizim and Har Evo Um, now it was also taught that we should establish a, a mikdash, a mishkan, really, that uh, where Hashem will, where Hashem will choose to dwell, uh, where people can bring karbanos to Him, sacrifices. But um, we talk about. Um, a false prophet or one who entices uh, others to, to worship idols. And we talk about um, the Irhani Dachas, a city that was entirely made up of people that served idols. So, so that such a city has to be destroyed. We also identify the, the, the signs that one looks for it to identify a kosher animal and, and kosher fish and we also list uh, we have a listing of non-kosher birds um, we talk about meister which is giving a tenth of all produce which is eaten in, eaten in Jerusalem or if where um, you bring money there and you, you exchange it for food that you eat there and sometimes the, this tithe is also given to the four in certain years. There's a, there's a schedule based on the years of the Shemitah, which, which tithe was given which year. Um, we talk about charity, tzedakah, and, um, and how on the Shemitah year, loans are to be forgiven at the end of this, each seven years. And then finally, the parsha talks about the three major holidays that where there was where there was a, a pilgr- pilgrimages to to Yerushalayim, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. So, in the beginning of the parsha, the pasuk says, "Es habracha, the blessing, Asher Tishmau." When, if you will listen to the Hashem's laws. And then it says, "Vahaklala the curse, imlosishmu." If you do not listen, and then it says, "Visartem min haderech," and you will stray from the path. 
some have heard that expression, off, going off the derech. This is really from the pasuk. Besartem and aderech, you will stray from the path. So if you look at if you look at the two the, the two uh, halves here, when it comes to the, br- the blessing, the bracha, it says you get the blessing if you if you listen. But for the curse, it says you'll you'll be cursed if you don't listen, and if you stray off the path. How come by how come at the when it comes to the blessing, it just says you you get the blessing if you listen. When it comes to the curse, it says you get the curse if you don't listen and if you stray off the path. Why that extra step? So um, there's a safe called Be'er Mayim Chaim. So he says that um, we know there's a general rule that Hashem is very good to us in the sense that if we if we have a good thought to do a mitzvah, so even if for some reason it doesn't work out and you're not able to do the mitzvah, you, you still can get, can get credit for it. Whereas, whereas, whereas for an avera, you have to actually do the avera to be punished for it. If you, if you, if you think about doing an avera and you wind up not doing the avera, you don't get you don't get punished for it unless you actually do it. So that's so with that with that rule, we can understand why the pasuk is right is written the way it's written. Um, for the bracha, it says asher tishmu. You have to listen. So just for listening, and not and not necessarily even doing, you'll get you'll get you'll be blessed. But for the klala to receive the curse, you need both. You need in lo tishmu. You need to not listen, and also v'sar teminatera. You have to actually stray off the path and do the avera in order to get punished. So that's in keeping with that same with that with that general rule. Um, Similarly, and along the same lines, there's a rule that um, if a person's davening Shmona Esrei, so he doesn't interrupt his own Shmona Esrei for for Kaddish or Kedusha. He just has to, he just has to be quiet, pause pause in the Shmona Esrei. He doesn't doesn't respond to Kaddish or Kedusha. He just is quiet and he, he just focuses on what the what the Chazan is saying. Aren't you allowed to interrupt if you're at that point though? Um, well, you wouldn't be up to. Well, Kaddish is nothing to do with Shmonesri. Well, but the Kedusha, I mean. Kedusha, possibly. It could be. It could be. I'm not sure. You might be right about that. I'm just not sure. And then I think. You want me to ask you later? Maybe. Okay, if you want to. Yeah. I didn't know there was going to be questions. I thought I could just say whatever I want and not be challenged. <laughs> no, that's all right. All right. Uh, anyway, so that's what you're supposed to do. So the question is. There's a, I guess there's a, there's a machlokus in the Gemara, whether thinking about something is the same as uttering it. It's 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 a debate of whether it's in Hebrew it's called hear her, hear her, hear her kedibur or hear her lav kedibur. Does does thinking about something is is it the equivalent of actually saying it with your mouth? So. So the question is, with regard to this law that I just said about not interrupting Yishmon Esrei, so it says, it says Mimon of Shach, which means either way you look at it. If thinking of something is not is not the equivalent of saying it, so what good does it do for the person to be quiet and to, and to concentrate on the Chazan if, if, it's, if, if, that, if that thought process is not considered as if he said it? So he's not he's not Yodse if if thinking is not like speaking. 
and if thinking is like speaking, so it's like he's talking, and he's and he's being mafsik, he's interrupting his own davening. So he, how does it work? Either way. So, in other words, the, the chazan is repeating Shmon Esrei? Um, no. The chazan, uh, someone's saying Kaddish, let's say. And you're davening Shmon Esrei. Okay. okay, so you don't you don't interrupt your Shmon Esrei to say, right? But the question is, you, what you're supposed to do is just pause and listen to the Kaddish, okay? Right. So, so the question is, you, you don't say it. No, you're just quiet and you listen. So, so you understand the question, though. The question is, either way you look at it, if right, if if you're concentrating is is considered as if you you are responding, so then you're being mafsic. You're making right. mafsic. If your concentration is is not like talking, then then you're not you're not yotze. It doesn't your silence doesn't doesn't affect anything. So, so the answer is, and this is from the Magadmi Mezarich, he says that really it's the same concept as we, as we just said earlier. For a, for a good deed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu considers that like, like he actually did it. For a, for a good thought, it's like you did it. So therefore, when it comes to, so if, if the Chazan saying Kedusha, or the Chazan saying Kedusha, or someone saying Kaddish, so your Machshava, your thought, is considered like a Mises, as if you said it. But where where it's, a, where it's a bad thing, it's for it's for an avera, such as such as interrupting Yishmon Esrei, then we say that the, that the thought the hearer love kedivor. We we break it up whether depending on you're doing a good thing, you're doing a bad thing. If it's if, we, if you look at it to be yotze, then 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 uh, the, th- the thought alone is as if you said it yourself. But it, but to, con- to be considered an interruption. Then, then the thought process is not considered to be like a spoke, like the spoken word, and it's it's not considered to be an interruption. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned earlier that um, the pasuk says that you shall give the blessing on on Har Gerizim, on Mount Mount Gerizim, and you give the curse on the other mountain, Har Eval. So, there's a medrash that says that we we do this to compare or to equate the the curse to the blessing. That is to say, just just like we give the blessing in a, in a what's called a coal run, a loud voice, there's a big pronouncement. So too, the curse also is given in the same fashion. The reason is because really, normally, if you praise someone, you praise them real loudly. But if you're speaking bad about someone, you, you keep it low because you don't want the word to get back to them. So, but when it comes to when it comes to this blessing and this curse that we're talking about in the parsha, Hashem Hashem wants that the praise He wants the curse to be said just as loudly as as the bracha, uh, because we we want to we want to publicize those that are, those that do bad bad things, so so that no one can a, a no one should learn from their ways and b to know to keep away from them. So. That's why the the curse is uh, said with as with, with as much uh, at, high, at as high a volume as the as the blessing is. So, um, <coughs> let's see here one more thing. 
it says in the pasuk that um, that the uh, you should break down all the altars and the and the uh, the pillars and the uh, the trees that were worshipped by the idolaters. And then the pasuk says uh, you should you should not do the same unto to, unto Hashem. So. Um, And uh, there's the Gemara in Mesechus Makos learns from here that if you if you dis, if you erase Hashem's name, it's considered to be a, a negative violation of a negative commandment, and, and for that, a person will get, will get lashes, Malchus. Um, and then uh, later on, the pasuk says, "Ki im el hamakom asher yivchar Hashem," only uh, only to the place. Which Hashem shall choose to place His name upon. That's where you should seek seek Him out. Um, so, in this you see a hint to that which that which uh, our rabbis teach in, in, in the Gemara in Sukkah, that it says when when David Melach was digging digging the foundations of the Beis Hamikdash, so the the waters rose and threatened to to flood the whole world. So um, there was someone named Achitofel. He he suggested that um, we write that they write Hashem's name on a on a piece of pottery and throw it into the into the water, um, so that the waters would would calm down. So the thing is, there he and but wouldn't wouldn't he be concerned that Hashem's name would be erased? So he he said. Um, he said like a kavachomer. He said that the the, the pasuk says with regard to a soto, the wayward wife, that that um, Hashem's name, which was written in holiness, can be can be erased in the water if it's for the purpose of, of creating peace between a husband and wife. So he he said if that's the case there, so all the more so to make to make peace between the whole world and Hashem. And to and to and to get the waters to subside, certainly certainly would be permitted. So, um, and then this is this is really this is how you see a connection between the two psukim. Um, he says, even though I'm warning you with, with this prohibition of erasing Hashem's name, still when it comes to he, he says Ki el Hashem, which is a reference to to the Mishkan slash Beis Hamikdash. There, there, um, this prohibition does not apply. So it's it's an allusion to this story that happened with uh, with Avraham and Melech, and that and that, that this part is from the Vilna Gaon. So um, that that's that's that. It did, yeah. Apparently, it did. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, the base of Mikdash, the base of Mikdash was built. So I'm assuming it, assuming it wasn't the world was. <laughs> okay, so um, later on it says that uh, we'll be we'll be able to uh, once we're in, in the land we'll be able to uh, bring sacrifices from our cattle and from our sheep. So with regard to uh, this is not really directly related to the parsha, but it's just a story about about shechita. So it, it, that's why it's brought down over here. But um, it's a story about 
a certain Rebbe. It doesn't really say which Hasidish Rebbe it was. It says, Lahadmor Yadua, to a well known uh, Rebbe. But I don't, I don't know which Rebbe it was. He was so well known, but I don't know who it is. <laughs> but anyway, so he had, a, he had his own um, like private shochet, which Shech meet for him. And he was, he, but he got he, the shochet had gotten to be elderly. So, um, so the 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 Rav Balatanya came, but he didn't want to eat meat that was shechted by this elderly shochi, because he he said he said his elderly his hands shake and I guess maybe it wasn't done properly. It has to be it has to be done. Shechit has to be done in a very swift moment, uh, swift movement. Can't be any hesitation. So I guess he maybe he thought there was there would have been some hesitation. So the 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 Rebbe. Who's, who's private? Who who was? This was his shochet. Said, "Don't worry. When this when this shochet shechs, so the the malach Michael 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 holds on to his hands so that it doesn't shake, and he he assists him in the in the shechita. So then so then the Balatanya said his name was Rav Shneir Zalman. He said, so then for sure I can't eat from his shechita because." Because uh, the shechita of, of an angel is not permitted, so so the Rebbe asked him, "Well, how do you know that the shechita of an angel is not permitted?" So he said, "Well, because because we know that a non a non Jew cannot cannot shech because they're not they're not um, they're not they're not suitable for bringing a carbon. The the shechting is connected is tied into the bringing of a carbon. So just since he can't bring a carbon, also can't shech." Because they're not, they're not, they're not uh, obligated to bring carbonos. Same thing with a malach. A malach is not able, is not obligated to bring carbonos. So anyone who's not obligated to bring carbonos uh, is also uh, puzzle invalid from from shechting. So he wasn't holding the blade; he was holding the hand. Well, that's true, but I guess he couldn't have done it without him. I guess you could say I don't know. But anyway, it's it's a hard story to understand. Anyway, how did he know? I guess if you have enough belief. In, Belief in the the uh, the ability or, or or the knowledge of what these rabbis had to know to, to know such a thing to even be able to say such a thing that he, he knew that a uh, angel was assisting. But in any case, that's the story. Well, well, according well, based on this, uh, based on this, the one. The one who said he wouldn't eat from it got the last word, okay. and he said, "He said, uh, no, I can't eat from it because even though you're telling me that angel helped, but 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 angel is not it's not suitable to shech." So, so, so the rabbi, so, other if I had to stop eating it. Other, um, he probably he probably <laughs> still ate it because it was he probably still he, he probably still ate it himself. But wasn't that metaphoric? Um, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I think, it was literal. I, I, think I, I took it as being literal. Somehow he knew. I don't know. You can believe it or not believe it. I don't know. I don't know. What, you know. Any case. Um, so I mentioned in my summary that uh, talks about um, like false prophets that rise, that rise up and uh, claim to have had dreams and they and they. Um, they say they communicate with the dead or, or things like that. So, um, so um, 
talks here about um, there was the, there was the what's known as the Haskalah movement, the Maskilim, the so-called enlightened ones that challenged the rabbis on on certain issues. So, so it says here that um, there was two there was two uh, categories of, of Maskilim that would uh, that would that would come to visit the Kotzka Rebbe. Some of them some of them came some of them came uh, legitimately because they wanted to study from him and see what he, and learn from his wisdom and his, his sharpness and his, the depth of his knowledge but of course there were those that came to, to argue with him and to, and to start up so um, so one, 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 someone from the latter group someone who was trying to pick a fight um, he asked, the, he asked the, uh, the Rebbe the following question he says uh, the Gemara in Mesechus Brachos says and um, the Gemara talks about different things that you, one sees in a dream and, and, and what, the, what, they, what that means, what that represents so, so he, he said in, the, in, that, in that section of the Gemara where it talks about dreams he said, it says that if you the Gemara says if you see an elephant in your dream which is a, in Hebrew is a peel if you see an elephant in your dream then, then wondrous, wondrous things will happen to him it's, it's the same, same, same shoresh peel and pilaos so if you see a peel, you see an elephant so wondrous things will happen to you what happens if you see a donkey? <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> I don't know if we could answer that question in mixed company but <laughs> in any case um and then it says, Haroa hadas b'chalam, if you see a myrtle, like hadasim that we use on sukkahs, if you see that in a dream, nechasim matzlichim lo, it means his, his, uh, his possessions will, will be, well, yeah, he'll, have, he'll see financial rewards. His, his possessions will be successful for him. So, so this maskil said to the Katskarebi, um, this, I don't. This Gemara can't be true because I saw I saw an elephant in my dream, and I saw I saw this myrtle branch in my dream, and no no wondrous things happened to me, and uh, I wasn't particularly financially successful. So the Gemara doesn't seem to be true. So the Kutzker Rebbe said to him, if someone conducts himself like a Jew, they eat like a Jew, they drink like a Jew, they sleep like a Jew, and they live like a Jew. So, so they'll they'll dream like a Jew. But if you, but someone who, who who's gluttonous like a guy, and they sleep like a, like a non-Jew, and they live their life like a non-Jew, so are you? Do you expect that the interpretation of the dream should be should be should be like a Jew? Everything else you do is is not Jewish. So you're not going to have the same. Your dream is not going to have the same interpretation as uh, as, as what the Gemara says. <clears throat> um, so I mentioned earlier about the Irhani Dachas it's a city that was comprised of all people that were serving uh, idolatry, serving idols so the Pasuk says Hakei Sakei as Yoshevei Hoi you have to kill, the, kill out the, people, the inhabitants of that city by the sword so normally the Punishment for idol- idolatry is actually skila, stoning. 
So how come over here it's by the sword? So it says here from the Yalkut Yehuda that if in this case where you have the entire city that that's in, so it's considered to be an act of rebellion against Hashem, and or well, it's not, we use the term Moreid b'machos. You're rebelling against the, the the kingship, kingdom. In this case, I mean, normally that means a regular human king, but in this particular case, it's it's a rebellion against the the king of all kings, Hashem. And and when a person when a person is Moreid b'machos, there the death is by the sword. And um, it says also that uh, people are killed by the king, so. The, their possessions revert to the king. They don't. They don't go to the to the heirs. But in this case, Hashem Hashem is the king that they rebelled against. So that's why we we um, we destroy all their possessions. Um, okay. I mentioned earlier. We also talk about uh, the uh, the signs of a signs of the kosher and non kosher animals. So. Um, one of the bird, one of the birds that's listed in the parsha is called the ra'a, with an olive, not not the ra'a like evil with an ayin, but ra'a, resh olive hay. So um, the Gemara says, how come it's called ra'a, which means to see, like ra'a means to see? So he says it's called that. It's called that because it has very good vision, very good distance vision. It could see, it could it could stand in Bavel, Babylonia, and it could spot. Carcasses in Eretz Yisrael, like it's it's a uh, like it's food, it's it's prey. Like I guess I guess that's what it would eat. So it, it could be in, it could be in Babylonia, and it could see like a, a carcass for it to eat all the way in Israel. So so the question is, if that seems to be a good thing, like it has such good vision, so then why why is it a non kosher why is it a non kosher animal? Why not why is it a non kosher bird? Seems like, seems like, what's that? Because it eats carcasses. Very good. Well, because well, close. It's because it sees carcasses. Well, eating carcasses, eating carcasses in and of itself is nothing wrong with a lot of animals. You know, eat carcasses. Eat the carcass. But, the but the fact that the fact that it sees it. Turkeys are kosher. Turkeys are kosher. Well. Yeah, but we eat kosher. We cook them. Just all the other animals. <laughs> yeah. This is more like uh, roadkill, you know. But anyway. The answer it gives here is because well close to what you said, but it says because it only sees novelos, meaning it sees the negative and everything. Like it, 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 it sees the negative. Of course, I guess if it's his, if that's its food, it's a positive for him, I suppose. But <laughs> but but, it, but but this idea of, of seeing you know seeing the cup is half full, I guess you know seeing novelos, that's why it's a why it's a bad thing. So. Uh, even though I didn't particularly prepare to say this, but it's, there's also a well-known, a very similar question is asked about another bird that we talk about in the parsha. It's called the chasida, which means from the word chesed, does kindness. So, and 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 uh, Rashi in the in parsha Shemini, where it also talks about kosher animals, um, says there that it, the reason why it's called the chasida is because it does kindness with its friends. Of course, the question is the same question, same questions, same question we just asked about the other bird. 
if it does if it does chesed with its friends, then why is it a non-kosher animal, non-kosher bird? So the, the, the famous answer is that because it only does chesed with with her friends, that's why why it's non-kosher. You know, you can't just do chesed with your friends. You have to do chesed with everybody. It's easier to do chesed with your friends. Sometimes it's harder to do chesed for someone that's not your friend. Chasida, uh, I'm not sure exactly. I can see how it translates it over here. <coughs> I have the Hirsch on this here. Let's see what it says. <coughs> what would you call its friends, as in the rest of its species? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Well, we're not supposed to do kindnesses to Goyim. Why did sure who said yes, why not? Why not? We're not supposed to. We're not supposed to help benefit the guy. If you have neighbors that uh, don't have clothes to wear and they need to co- cover up their nakedness, uh, uh, for basic food, for basic food. No, no, really. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, well, this this translation is not going to help us because it translates Chasida as Chasida, so it doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, the probably uh, if you look in the Living Torah by Rabbi Arya Kaplan, he probably gives a, he actually gives it probably the species because he he seems to do that a lot. Um, all right. Uh, So the mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, it's not. It's not one of my kids' uh, tapes. So um, I mentioned earlier that when it comes to uh, eating eating meister in in Yerushalayim, so. Sometimes it wasn't. It's was not practical to bring the to bring the food, all, the animals or the food, all the way there. So there was a there was a system where you could bring money there instead, and then buy the buy the food there. So the pasuk says, "Ki um, If the distance is too great, kilosu so you're not able to to bear to carry the load. Ki because the uh, the place. Is too far from you, Asher Yivchar Hashem Elokecha that Hashem has chosen. So, there's a little play on words here from the Al Shechak She says that um, if the mitzvahs of the Torah are, consi- are you consider them to be a burden, to, to be a heavy yoke and a burden upon you, that's a sign. Ki Yirchak Mimcha Makom that that uh, Hashem is very far from you. Makom can mean the place, but we also know Makom is also can sometimes mean Hashem. So, so, uh, so if kilosu chal say so, if you if you say the mitzvahs are a burden, you can't bear them. So then it's then ki yirchak min chal makom. It means Hashem is far away from you. Um, but does that mean that if you're the one person that would sell it and then use the money to them, that that was the case with you? Oh no. No, no, no. A, um, no, it's a it's a play on words. It's not. It's just 
There, there was nothing wrong with doing that. That was that was a system. That was part of the. You just say, oh, I have to eat matzah on Pesach. I have to clean. Right. The pasuk is. Right. Cook for Pesach. Right. The pasuk is talking about the burden of schlepping everything to, to Israel, but to, to Yerushalayim. But but the, when we but with play on words, we're saying it, we're referring it to the yoke, the heavy burden that you consider the the mitzvahs to be. Um, now we also talk about tzedakah in the parsha. So um, it says not to harden your heart if if, uh, if one of your brethren is poor. Um, you sh- don't har- don't uh, don't harden your heart. Don't don't close your hand from him. So the Gemara in Masechet Sanhedrin says that someone who's someone who's stingy is called an achbara the shachiv adinra. It's Aramaic, but what it means is. It's a it's a mouse that sleeps on money, like it's, it makes a bed out of out of money. So, that, what does that really mean? So the explanation is is that if a mouse sleeps on flour, so he has he has the best of both worlds. He has soft bed, and he also has food. As long as he doesn't eat it all up, I suppose. <laughs> Now, if a, if a mouse sleeps on bread, so his bed his bed is hard. It's, it's harder, once, especially if the bread goes once the bread goes stale. But he still has he has food. So he doesn't have a comfortable bed, but he has food. But if a if a mouse sleeps on some coins, he can't eat them, and it's also not comfortable to sleep on them. So it's the same thing with a stingy person. He's not. He's holding on to his money. He's not giving it to the poor, and he's not even using it for. His, he's not even splurging on himself. So that's 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 why that's why this comparison is made. That we we call him we call him a mouse who who sleeps on his on his money. Um, so, uh, Pesach says rather than rather than holding back, it says You should open up your hand to him. You have to you have to give him the uh, that which he, that which he is lacking. So there's a story here uh, from the Dudner Magid. It says he, he he came to came to a wealthy person and to get uh, for some tzedakah. So the the wealthy person greeted him nicely and they exchanged every Torah and and the the Magid, the Magid was saying the Torah about the mitzvah of tzedakah and he was answering back other, other things having to do with tzedakah so the Magid saw that you know this Torah discussion is very nice but that's not really what he came for <laughs> so so uh, so the Magid said Magid and of course wanted to get to the point so he did so in his usual fashion by saying a, a mashal a parable he said that um, there was a far off land that the people never never had any onions. There, there was never on, onions in their town. They never knew what it was. They never had any onions. So one day a, a, a traveler came came there and he brought them onions. So the people were so re- rejoicing. Wow! Look at this! Look at this vegetable. We never had it before, and they and they gave him a lot of money for it. It was very valuable to them. So they planted it and they and they grew their own onions. So another another traveler heard about this, so he figured, let me bring them something else 
they never had before. Maybe I'll, I'll get a lot of money too. So he brought he brought them garlic, and so the the people have, the people were so rejoiced that they, rejoicing that they have this other thing now, garlic, and and they thought to themselves, "Wow, how can we? What can we pay this man for this garlic? That's so valuable." So they paid them in onions. <laughs> so, so, so the Dumbin Magad said the same thing, you know, I'm giving you a Dvar Torah, you're giving me back a Dvar Torah. But, but the Pasuk says you have to give the person what he's lacking. I have plenty of Dvar Torah, but I came here for money. So, so please, please. Uh, now, this, uh, I'll, conclude with, I'll conclude with something that probably going to get me in a lot of trouble with, with the females in the audience, but I'm a big boy, I, I can take it. Um, so, the Gemara in Mesechus Ksuba says that this um, this part of the puzzle that I quoted, machsaro asher the, uh, that which he's lacking, you have to give the, the poor person that which he's lacking. So, um, <laughs> So the Gemara says that actually this means this means a wife. You give the person what what is lacking. That's a wife. Yeah. Um, so he says. So there's a safer that says that in a joking fashion you could say the following. Um, really, we know that we we know there's a rule. Misha Yeshlo Mana wrote to Masayim, which means if someone has human nature is if someone has a hundred dollars, they want to have two hundred dollars. So, seemingly, if you look at this pasuk that says to give the person that which he's lacking, if you if you give the person if you give the person five dollars, he's not then he's going to feel he's lacking. He feels he wants another five dollars. So how could you ever how could you ever fulfill this pasuk that says to give the person what he's lacking? So that's why Chazal said. Demach Soro, what is what is lacking is a, is a wife, because nobody wants more than one wife. <laughs> and on that note, thank you all for coming. Thank you.